Welcome to another episode of On the Issues with Alain Benmir. Today's guest is Kendram Gashi, former ambassador of Kosovo to France. Prior to his posting in Paris, Ambassador Gashi served as foreign policy advisor to the president of Kosovo and associate professor of mathematics at the University of Pristina, a position he has resumed since ending his diplomatic service. In today's episode, Alan and Ambassador Gashi discuss the dialogue process between Kosovo and Serbia and what progress, if any, has been made over the past few years. In addition, they discuss the EU's role in the dialogue, as well as the EU's relationship with the broader Western Balkan region. Uh, Your name precedes you all over in Kosovo, Albania, and France, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I want to begin with uh, with something that uh, I, actually I wanted to ask you: Are you still in the government service? Are you still, or you are resigned? Or you no, I, I um, am no longer um, working for the government uh, because, in fact, I was uh, a political appointee uh, back in two thousand sixteen. I, yeah. I worked for President Yahyaga uh, in two thousand eleven, and she was the one who proposed. Uh, me the post in Paris, and uh, which means that after five years in Paris, um, I I could return as a as a citizen uh, to uh, Pristina, and I'm now uh, back to uh, uh, teaching at the university. Uh, so I am no longer working for the government, but you know I, I spent five years in uh, in Paris, and and I I uh, I had asked uh, the uh, state authorities. You know, to um, to nominate a successor uh, six months before my, you know, uh, my time in Paris was up because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's 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 good to refresh, uh, you know, diplomatic posts every now and then, and and I needed a new challenge as well, and I loved Paris; it was excellent, but uh, I just, uh, you know, I I wanted a new challenge. Did did that has anything to do with what happened? You know, you. You republished an article that, you know, with a Mohammed's cartoon, and you've been criticized, you know, yeah. widely for that publication as you read in that. And also, the which was, of course, in the wake of the assassination, the beheading, I should say, which is a horrible thing, of the professor who had been teaching, you know, issues about human rights. Is there any connection between your departure and this event, these events? No, not at all. So, um, first of all, uh, what happened, this was uh, now uh, uh, roughly a year ago um, in, in 2020 in October, uh, was that I had shared uh, uh, a Le Figaro article uh, yes. that gave the actual um, recount of the events that uh, uh, led to, unfortunately, the beheading of uh, Professor Pati. And so in the article, um, uh, which was not controversial in France, uh, there were two cartoons, but uh, uh, and so I had uh, shared this on uh, or retweeted, if you want, on Twitter, and uh, and, and so uh, for for me, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it was something that is very natural to defend uh, academic uh, freedom, uh, freedom of expression, um, freedom in general, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kosovo is a secular country and. Uh, uh, we need to uh, uphold those values, and uh, killing uh, in the name of any religion should not be allowed. That's why we have laws. Um, but you know, I, that had nothing to do with uh, with my departure, which 
happened in August 2021. So for me, it was um, it was frankly just a question of uh, how much time I wanted to spend uh, in Paris in in that post. And I think after five years, after so many um, visits that I organized, arranged for president, prime minister, prime ministers, ministers, etc., all these cultural events, etc. You know, I thought uh, it would be uh, good for me to uh, to uh, take up a new challenge. So it had nothing to do with that. On right. the contrary, I I, I think that uh, if anything, that should make uh, people be more resolved to uh, serve in public. Uh, let me let me just move to a number of issues that are facing Kosovo, Serbia today. I want to start with the, asking you this, um, about the the resolution they find about the crossing of cars, Kosovo to Serbia in both directions, and then the, the agreement that they will be hiding or covering the state symbols, and in so doing, they do not need to change the car's plate in crossing the border. Do you feel that this compromise uh, was a wise one, a good one? Would that lead also to some other uh, um, collaboration between the two countries, having agreed on this basic issue, one, one single issue? Uh, I think it is difficult to imagine that this will um, strengthen uh, trust between the two countries because uh, there were quite a few uh, theatrics theatrics (laughs) deployed um, around the border. Um, I think that um, what is important is that uh, the available tool, that is the uh, EU-led dialogue, was used uh, and uh, an agreement, albeit temporary, was, was reached. Uh, one thing that I would like to mention is that um, somehow uh, many people in in the EU and, and even elsewhere have taken it for granted that Serbia can block Kosovo, Kosovo and Kosovars, that it is acceptable for Kosovars to pay uh, a higher price, uh, in, in this case a fee to change their license plates to uh, go to Serbia. And, and you know, uh, that's how it is. We we know how the regime in Belgrade operates, and we should accept that. Um, and uh, at the uh, moment when um, a measure of reciprocity uh, is to be imposed, you know, all alarm bells uh, go up and, mm-hmm. uh, and they say, well, there's something wrong. I think we need to change that, uh, that paradigm. We need to make sure that uh, the interests... And the dignity of Kosovars are respected, um, and that means also the interests and the dignity of the Serbs in in northern Kosovo. So that means of all the citizens of Kosovo. And uh, so, uh, so I think I think um, you know maybe for 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 your listeners who who are uh, uh, more knowledgeable on uh, on on the issues of, of Kosovo and Serbia. I, I can recall the fact that um, that when ANMIC was running the show, that's the United Nations mission in Kosovo, um, Serbia refused their license plates because they thought that you know those plates would demonstrate that Kosovo is a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 when we declared our independence and we had our own license plates, then they said, "Oh no, we want the the, the license plates of ANMIC." Mm-hmm. Back. So. You know, you, you have the feeling that they're, you know, they're st- the, the, the nationalists uh, 
in Belgrade, and that, uh, and I should emphasize, that is by no means all people uh, over there. They they're trying to pull us back every time we you know we move forward. They say, "Oh no, no, hold on, we want to return to uh, to uh, to the past." And uh, and I think we saw a similar type of approach in in, in the initial approach, and then there's a there's a temporary agreement. Um, we we shall see where that could lead to but i think for me what's what's more important is the process is this process actually going to lead to some sort of um comprehensive uh agreement uh between kosovo and serbia um is the eu helped by the united states uh capable of uh of actually um coming up uh, pushing uh, Serbia uh, to accept an agreement, um, and there, unfortunately, you know, um, uh, there are people who are not too optimistic, uh, because if you want to reach an agreement, it has to be based on on uh, the interests of both parties, of course, but well, of also course. on the on the European on on European values. And uh, and so and there, when you look at what's happening currently in in Serbia, you know one is not again too optimistic about European values over there. Uh, so uh, in this triangle between uh, Pristina, Belgrade, and Brussels, where each side should win, the point is the winning, the victory should be advancing reconciliation and European values. And there, uh, you can only do it if uh, if the leaderships in all these places are promoting the right values. And uh, yeah. In, yeah, so in the case of Serbia, unfortunately, the, with the current government, it's uh, it's a bit difficult. Now, you know, as you, of course you know that what happened, you know, obviously NATO, you know, have been instrumental, as in a lot of countries, but the United States, Britain, France. In uh, dealing in um, making it possible, of course, for Kosovo to emerge as an independent state following the war with with, with, with Serbia, but what you just mentioned, this is interesting for, for me to hear that yes, the EU seemed to put more pressure on Kosovo rather than on Serbia to accommodate one another. That's the impression we are getting, and I think you are basically alluding to that now. Um, why do you feel, why do you think that the EU is actually exerting more pressure on, on, on Kosovo when in fact they have been and they continue to support Kosovo's independence? Uh, why, should they, why should they put more pressure on Kosovo now when Serbia is the one who is, has taken very stern, very um, strong uh, position vis-a-vis uh, -vis Kosovo in terms of its refusal? Um, principal refusal of Kosovo uh, to acknowledge Kosovo's independence. So um, I, I mean, I, I I hear some people um, uh, taking a, a sort of a cynical approach and saying, "Well, the EU does this because it's easier to pressure Kosovo." I don't think it's just that. Um, so yes, of course, we're a smaller country and uh, we're not part of the uh, United Nations, etc. But I think that it has to do also with a narrative that has been uh, built not just after 2008, but even back after 1999. 
what happened was that when the international community came to Kosovo after NATO's intervention, um, there was a feeling of, well, you know, we were forced to bomb Belgrade because they really crossed all the red lines. We didn't want to do it. We were forced to. And uh, and now you're free. So uh, let us go back and deal with, you know, with with Belgrade the way that we used to deal in the past. There was a bit of that. Um, and, and similarly, after 2008, the narrative was, well, now you're, you're an independent country. So since you're independent, we have to make sure and we make up for, for it somehow um, in Belgrade or to Belgrade. But, but completely, ignoring, completely ignoring the fact that the process that led to the independence of Kosovo was based on a compromise. Uh, the, the compromise was the Atisari package. So it is not that one day Kosovars decided to be uh, you know, independent and, and some recognized this right and some didn't. But actually, we spoke, we negotiated with our neighbors, uh, Serbia, uh, with the, the help of uh, the UN envoy, uh, uh, Marti Atisari and others, uh, and, and uh, you know the United States and 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 Western countries and and even Russia was part of that uh, uh, negotiation. So um, the narrative that has been built is that you have won, and because you have won, you have to make sure that you share a bit the benefits of your victory. Uh, whereas I think we need to remind everyone that first of all, it is not about winning or losing that Kosovo and its people suffered before the war and during the war. And after the war, it was a long process of rebuilding the country, of healing the wounds. And uh, rather, we should be talking about how do we build a common European future for the entire region. And when we do that, then we talk about values. And then we can say, which country should the EU push more? The one that is constantly undermining undermining uh, a regional uh, rapprochement with uh, with the EU or a country like Kosovo that uh, wants to actually actively promote uh, uh, EU and NATO membership yeah but then you know obviously for anyone who survey the relationship between Kosovo and Serbia can suggest and clearly Kosovo Serbia is the intransigent party uh, the EU is putting more pressure on Kosovo, but in fact, one of their conditions, for example, to integrate into the EU is that there will be um, a, a solution. There will be mutual recognition between the two countries as a prerequisite uh, to begin a, a serious process of integration into the EU. And knowing that, knowing that um, as a precondition, what are they doing, in fact, to make it clear to Serbia that unless you move Toward that, in that direction, the prospect of integrating into the EU is going to be is, is, is minimal. Uh, and, and Serbia, from what I see and read and, and understand, uh, is becoming more and more um, um, apathetic toward the integration process. They don't feel it is in the, it's in any time it's going to happen in the future. Russia is putting tremendous pressure on Serbia to distance, to distance it from, uh, from the EU. So does Turkey to, to a great extent. And so there is not enough pressure coming from on Serbia, either from, as if you know, Russia, Turkey for sure, and certainly not from the EU. 
given this, this reality, how do we get from point A to point B in terms of um, getting closer toward a mutual recognition between the two parties, which is obviously require initially, initially, a normalization process, that is reconciliation process. And if the pressure is constantly on Kosovo to do, to make the concessions first uh, and leaving Serbia to its own devices, obviously there is going to be no progress. And that's one point. And the second point I want to make in terms of what Kurti is doing. Do you feel that Kurti's position, now obviously other, contrary to his predecessor, he is taking more firm position vis-a-vis Serbia. And he's basically saying reciprocity is central to advancing the relationship between the two countries. How do you see that unfolding? Uh, well, re- regarding the second one, I think we have to be careful um, on, on how we define reciprocity because, you know, a full reciprocity would mean um, uh, you don't uh, negotiate with your neighbor about uh, things that happen in one part of your country. So, so, so one has to be uh, somehow careful about about uh, interpreting uh, reciprocity and also the fact that uh, Kosovo's uh, uh, collective security depends on the uh, presence of uh, NATO troops. Uh, that's an important factor, uh, which means that uh, it is uh, important for us to coordinate um, our actions with uh, with our, our our partners, our allies, our friends. Um, now, going back to your first question, I think which which was um, sort of along the question, and I think one should remember that, in fact, uh, the European Union has made it clear uh, to Serbia that if they want to join the EU, they have to first resolve the quote-unquote um, uh, the, the, the issue uh, of Kosovo-Serbia relations. Um, they haven't formally said that you need to recognize Kosovo because of the five countries in the EU that don't recognize Kosovo. Uh, but it is, it, is, uh, understand, uh, it is understood by everyone that that's, that's where... That's the a process, prerequisite. Yes, that's where the, the process is going to lead to. Yeah. The, the problem is that um, if you think of this as a as a as as the EU, you know, putting Serbia in a in a one way uh, street, uh, they thought that it's very important that they uh, first join this one way street, and then they will eventually, uh, sooner or later, uh, be able to make progress uh, toward Brussels because it's a one way street. Uh, now, what happened? What has happened in the meantime is that due to a number of reasons, uh, including geopolitical uh, reasons, including the 2015 uh, um, uh, Syria uh, uh, migrants and all these, uh, you know, the, all of the geopolitical and uh, economic impact uh, that events in Europe have had, have had, there is much less enthusiasm within the EU to accept new uh, members. Members, yes. Even... I... Even if they were to be exemplary, and in the case of uh, of Serbia, of course, you cannot talk about an exemplary candidate. So, um, so what has happened is that some people in Belgrade have felt that uh, the only reason why they would be making a compromise vis-à-vis Kosovo would be to join the EU. And since now it is not realistic 
that they will join the EU anytime soon. So it is not rational for them to actually make a compromise. Um, so, so this is one way to to read the the situation. I think, in terms of what could be done, I, I think that the EU has completely not completely. I should say the EU has somewhat uh, underestimated um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the ability that it has because it it gives an enormous amount of uh, financial aid to the Western Balkans. And they could easily condition that aid with more internal reforms that would uh, strengthen democratic forces throughout the region, uh, that would strengthen forces that are promoting um, uh, Western values as opposed to uh, those that want to... uh, and do the, the but obviously you are including Serbia and this is the Western Western Balkans. You are including yeah, of course. Serbia. I mean, we we're not. We Kosovo is not. You know, we are not uh, questioning uh, where our ship is going to uh, sail. We are determined to uh, join the uh, the uh, Atlantic uh, structures, uh, the uh, you know the European Union. We have, we have not doubted that. So it might. It might be wishful thinking on our behalf because it might be too difficult. But we want to join those structures, the EU and NATO. The problem is that in Belgrade, they're not sure, and many of them are don't want to do that. And some people in Brussels, in order to entice them, they give them a few carrots, and then they say, "Well, okay, we'll, we're not going to be too harsh with you because because uh, eventually you have to see the light and uh, and recognize Kosovo." You see, you know, from, from my perspective in dealing with various conflicts, uh, obviously this is an ongoing conflict. Uh, there is many, many, many issues need to be resolved, including, for example, uh, Syrians committing war crimes, uh, refuse to find the missing person, nearly 1,500 Kosovars. There are many, many issues. But that is if, they, if the EU or the United States wants to see Serbia and Kosovo recognize each other or normalize the relationship. If this cannot happen overnight, they cannot sit, in my view, just like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which I've been saying now for years. They cannot sit and decide and say, let's agree one to you know, on all conflicting issues, and now we're going to have mutual recognition. To me, this has to be preceded by a process of normalization. I call it process of reconciliation. That is, they need to agree in principle. That is, if the EU has any role to play, which they have, and the United States has any significant role to play, which it has, specifically its uh, relation with Kosovo, uh, Biden in particular, its affinity to, to Kosovo as a country, they should be able to sit down and say, look, you want integration, it's on the card. It's, it can happen, provided you need to agree in principle, in principle, that eventually, uh, following this whole process, that in principle there is going to be mutual recognition between you two countries. And now begins some kind, when I speak about reciprocity, it's a process of normalization. That is, uh, in terms of trade and crossing the border, in terms of, you know, transfer of funds, uh, uh, um, uh, finance, financials, all the relationship, normal relationship that can happen between two neighboring countries. That is a process. So they begin to accept one another as such, and then you can eventually reach a point where you say, now this is a good time to 
to actually being realized the ultimate goal of a mutual recognition. That is, here with the United States and the EU, in my view, are to be playing this kind of constructive role. That is, a draw a roadmap. This is a roadmap that ought to lead to mutual recognition. But I don't see such a roadmap. They are pushing pressure on Kosovo to make more and more concessions. Uh, I think Kurti is right in resisting some of that. But as long as my view, the EU and the United States are not saying, what is the end game? The end game, obviously, is has to be mutual recognition. But it's not enough to state the end game. You have to also take measures. And you mentioned, for example, providing financial aid should be contingent upon certain progress being made in terms of the normalization process. So what's your take on this? Well, but I think, in fact, uh, this process has already started. And that's the whole point about the, uh, the EU-led dialogue. Um, uh, it is not very popular uh, in the Balkans to uh, say this, but the truth is that thanks to the EU dialogue, Kosovo is a member of many regional organizations. We have um, a telephone code. Um, you know, we, there are so many, so many things that have actually happened because of the dialogue. And there were so many aspects of the relationship that improved. I, I, I dare not say normalized because, you know, that should be utilized at the end of the process. But this process has been taking place. And this started as a technical process precisely in order to build some confidence. When uh, the process started moving to heavy political issues, that's when, you know, the, 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 the issues... This situation became, became became complicated, but I think uh, the thing is today um, leaders in, from Kosovo and, and Serbia might you know might meet in Brussels with the help of the EU or, or the United States, etc. And th- this is news, but uh, this is not unusual. Uh, this was not something that was happening uh, before the dialogue started. So there are tools. Uh, and these tools are being used. Um, now the issue is how to get um, outside the trap that uh, nationalists in uh, Belgrade have built to say, well, we're not happy, we want more. You know, the, playing the salami tactics where uh, each time something is given, they say, well, you know, you have still some more to give us. Um, I, I think that, of course... Reconciliation is a long process. Even after a you know, supposed complete, final, comprehensive agreement, um, we are going to be neighbors and we are going to always be talking to each other. Um, but uh, what, is, what is required now in the region is a leadership that recognizes the importance and the urgency of reconciliation uh, and uh, because we lived, we, we live in, in a period that is unfortunately very unstable uh, and uh, we need to make sure that we use the energy and the time of our friends. And you mentioned uh, President Biden. Um, he might be the last U.S. president, president that has had a very direct uh, experience from the Balkans in the 90s. So we need to use his leadership, uh, his experience, as well as 
the leadership and experience of European leaders to uh, to further um, uh, our cause and 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 to to come up with an agreement. But I I, I don't think that the EU hasn't done the uh, the basic job of preparing the terrain. The problem with the EU is that there are many divergences within the EU. And whenever some progress is made, there are sometimes countries, sometimes smaller, sometimes bigger, that are not so happy. And I would like to the recall... Progress, the progress in which area? In, 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 the, in the, yeah, in the dialogue. Yeah. Let me just, if you allow me, I, I will just uh, somehow state the obvious. One of the reasons why Serbia is unfortunately... Uh, playing the card of of non-recognition with us is because five EU countries haven't recognized us. And uh, and if the, those five were to recognize Kosovo, then the situation would be much simpler. So yeah, we're then, paying a price for the EU uh, non-convergence. But, but that really cannot be the reason, in my view. I mean, maybe contribute to this, but certainly not the reason, because I feel very strongly that uh, Serbia's interest, uh, if, if Syria has that interest of integrating into the EU, uh, or, or on Kosovo, you know, is not going to say, well, we don't need to recognize Kosovo because five other members of the, of the EU have recognized it. But if, if Serbia has a real interest in, in integrating into the EU, it's going to, do, to have to do its own part in order to advance the dialogue between uh, Belgrade, of course, Belgrade and, and, and uh, Pristina. But then you, you, you're saying, you know, the dialogue exists. I just remember only a few weeks ago, there was a meeting in Brussels in order to prepare for the meeting between the president and the prime minister. And, they, and then actually nothing happened and the prime minister and the president of, uh, of Serbia did not meet as a result of that because they could not agree on any significant agenda for them to discuss. That's just a fact. This just happened only a few weeks ago. Uh, so when you say dialogue is, is taking a place, what if, from your perspective, what has been achieved? Okay, now they have agreed on on covering the the, the plates, a car or a license plates. That's fine. That's a step in the right direction. Can you name for me additional other achievements, significant one, in terms of as a result of the ongoing dialogue between the two countries, if it is in fact ongoing? Well, I, I think I, I, I mentioned a, a few earlier, saying that Kosovo is a member of several regional organizations. No, but that's, that's, I'm talking about in terms of Serbia-Kosovo, not Serbia's integration in various no, no, agencies no, no, no. of the EU. No, no, no. Kosovo, Kosovo is a member of a number of regional organizations, and Kosovo has uh, obtained... Uh, the its uh, telephone country code, Kosovo's system of justice. Uh, yeah, but what does have to do with Serbia? I'm talking about Serbia Kosovo. I know but, that. Uh, yeah, but this this has to do because all of this was made possible because of the dialogue in 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 Brussels. Because uh, with the dialogue in Brussels, um, um, uh, Kosovo Serbia agreed not to block Kosovo's uh, membership participation in several regional organizations. How can they block how can they block it if they you know if, if the EU wants to uh, allow Kosovo to integrate into various agencies 
Why should Serbia has any say in that regard? These are well, because these are not EU agencies. These are regional organizations where Serbia. It's a it's a it's a country, and uh, they are members. But Serbia doesn't have a veto power on these organizations. They, they do have, unfortunately, in these in these organizations. Yes, where they don't have a veto power, we try to, you know, we try to become a member. We don't have to uh, negotiate. But uh, they, I mean, somehow this is years ago. But um, all of this has actually happened because of the dialogue. Uh, the dialogue in Brussels has produced real results. Now, the dialogue in Brussels is stuck since uh, roughly um, the fall of two thousand. 18. So that's three years, and that's a long time. Um, but the dialogue has produced many results. That's undeniable. Yeah, uh, but now, now the, the, the current dialogue between our current government, led by Mr. Kurdi, and uh, the Serbian uh, government and, and president, this dialogue um, has started slowly. Uh, there are elections in Kosovo um, at the end of the week. Um, there are elections in Serbia next year. Um, it is not always easy to have a dialogue when there are elections in in both countries. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I criticize the EU uh, all day and night on many things. But uh, and 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 they have to push a bit harder in this final uh, phase. But I, you know, historically, when you look at this dialogue, the dialogue has produced many results. That's just undeniable. Yeah, but then uh, let's say, I mean, I would have liked you to mention some of these results other than the one you mentioned, but let's look at the big, big issues. For example, the no, but, I mean, so, Serbian occupied uh, uh, areas in northern Kosovo. Uh, they said the, the creation of uh, association of municipalities where, where Serbia is demanding exec- executive power to deal with these areas, which is all of this is under the cause of a sovereignty. That's just a fact. I mean, this is just one 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 big issue that as a, that has not been resolved. And it's going to be very difficult to resolve. Another one: Serbia refuses refuses to this day to acknowledge any kind of war crimes. Uh, refuses to allocate to find out the missing person. I mean, these are the issues that they have a psychological implication. They have historical implication. And if Serbia is not prepared to deal with that, notwithstanding the progress is being made on different areas, but these big issues are going to always be on, on, the, on the major obstacle. And and what kind of progress do you see happening? You know, when when Serbia, for example, insisting that these these um, provinces or whatever you call them in northern um, Kosovo, where it's preoccupied largely by by Serbs should actually cease or become part uh, of Serbia. Or, in fact, people are talking, and I don't know your position on this, in terms of territorial exchanges, um, that in order to solve that problem. So where, where this is the big issue that needs to be dealt with, that is going to be with, the, with both countries today, tomorrow, and next year, unless they face this reality. Where do we go from there? So, so I agree. This is the big issue, and this is why um, now uh, the dialogue uh, has hit a, you know, uh, an obstacle. Because um, apart from the issues that were discussed in the past, which were not simple either, uh, now the moment has come to sort of um, f- finalize all of this with one final. 
comprehensive agreement that is legally binding, etc. And uh, and so uh, this is where you know various scenarios where it have have been put uh, forward. Be- before discussing that, let me just go once more back to the fact that thanks to uh, uh, one of the Brussels uh, agreements uh, that was reached, um, uh, Serbia formally recognized the authority of Kosovo's judicial system in northern Kosovo. Um, and uh, they formally dismantled their structures, which you know, um, they have played with, etc., etc. And that's very, very important for the functioning of uh, the institutions of, uh, of a sovereign state uh, of Kosovo. Now, let me re- return to um, this idea of how can we come up with a final agreement? Now, that's, I think, really the, the crucial uh, question. Uh, th- there, the problem is, what is your starting pr- uh, premise? If the starting premise is like, I, I, I've seen uh, you know, M- Mr. Vucic saying it, well, we, we need to get something in return. Okay, we uh, we can't just give you. We need to also give something back. And uh, you know, he he sometimes is guarded, sometimes less guarded. And so, what he wants is a, is a piece of a chunk of territory, uh, or more. And I think uh, the, what is wrong with that approach is that first of all, it doesn't meet that third criterion wh- which I listed, which uh, where I said that. You need to make sure that the interests of Pristina, of Belgrade, and the values are advanced. You cannot advance uh, European values by saying, well, let's just, uh, you know, put a border there, uh, draw a border here. Uh, we want people who will move from one side to another and uh, potentially a new, uh, you know, swaps of, 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 of uh, people uh, taking place. Uh, I think that the right approach would be to see how the communities in Kosovo and in Serbia can benefit. And Kosovo's constitution provides a very modern and strict framework for protecting individual and collective rights of all the communities. The constitution doesn't even use the term minority for the Serbian community. And I think we should be respecting the rights of the Serbian community in Kosovo fully, but not to the detriment of our territory and not to undermine our sovereignty. And at the same time, at the same time, we, uh, we need to recognize the fact that uh, if we want to move forward, we have to also look at how we can reach an agreement. And it would be easy to say and very fashionable to say, well, you know, they should just recognize us, period. But because there is the EU in this process, we need to ask the EU, do they have carrots that they can give to Belgrade, which we cannot give. And it is then in this sense, in this triangle of interests and values, where we could find a a solution that would respect Kosovo's... uh, uh, interests, Serbia's uh, interests, but more importantly, the uh, European values of, of of the region. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm fully in agreement with you. European values ought to be uh, part and parcel 
I mean, if there's any future for the Balkans to become uh, integrated into the EU, obviously they have to adopt European values in terms of freedom, democracy, and, and all of that. But but let me let me ask you. Let me. Can say I? This. Yeah. Maybe if if, if I can the, elaborate. I want to mention this point to you because I'd like you to comment on it. The EU is on record to suggest that there should be no territorial exchanges. That is the EU premise as an organization. Yeah. People from all background. Uh, from every culture, regardless of religion, orientation, anything else, have come together, they're creating the EU. And so in principle, the EU does not support territorial exchange only to adjust for demographic or religious requirement. So then the question, and I agree with you in this regard, what does the EU has to offer or should offer Serbia, the carrot that you're talking about, which is important, in order to disabuse Serbia of the notion there's going to be territorial exchange or that they will allow the association of municipalities in the north to become largely and controlled by Serbia because that's what they really want if there's going to be any movement toward recognition of, of, of Kosovo. So here, in, from my perspective, I don't see the EU is working in the direction that is going to advance the cause of mutual recognition. And and to my regret, I don't see Biden administration, of course, is busy with so many different things. It's also uh, left, basically left it to the EU for the time being to to try whatever they can do um, in order to bring the two, to, you know, Kosovo and Serbia to, uh, clo- closer. So, you are, so, you are so right, and that's why we're stuck. <laughs> Okay, so which, I mean, if you're saying they are stuck, then what's then what the, the progress that so-called made through the, the dialogue obviously has not shifted in any dramatic way the central position of Belgrade in, in connection with with the Kosovo, because from their perspective, you know, they are, they don't feel the pressure. Russia supports them in every which way they can to prevent them from coming any closer to the EU. Turkey is doing the same from a different perspective, different angle. And so what, how, what is the prospect of eventually bringing these two countries together with this, with the, you know, from the EU and the United States perspective? So um, at the moment, uh, I think um, somehow it, it would require um, at least three uh, types of, the three leaderships, one in Kosovo, one in Belgrade, and one in 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 the EU, and and it it suffices to not have one of those present. And when I say leadership, I mean leadership that is forward looking, that is ambitious, and wants to actually contribute to peace. Do you, do you um, put Kurti in that category? No, I think Kurti just took power uh, a few months ago. Um, the problem has been the fact that. The government and and the state apparatus of uh, of Mr. Vucic has not shown that they are willing to actually work for reconciliation, um, and that's the that's the stumbling block. Um, it's it's not just that he's refused to say well openly well I want to recognize Kosovo, but you cannot you know even when he was talking about border modification or he, he was saying well you know we need to make sure we put a border here because otherwise the albanians from kosovo they will come even closer etc you know it was not in the spirit of 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 nations and peoples living you know 
uh, coexisting side by side. It was uh, us, the the black plague that is going to uh, threaten the, you know, uh, his nationalists. So uh, he has not shown, uh, and he has he has not. He, he despite what he has told people, he is not someone who was willing to uh, uh, actually contribute to the solution, and that's where that's the that's where the problem lies. But the, uh, the, the, so, the, the, so the problem is now you could say, well, have have Brussels and Pristina contributed one way or another? And 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 I do have an opinion that sometimes people have contributed uh, to the cause of finding the solution, and sometimes they haven't in 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 both, uh, including in, in Pristina. But the problem is not there. The problem is, you know, we have uh, a, a history of. Um, agreements where we have accepted very difficult deals. Um, and what has happened with Belgrade is they negotiated until the end and then they walked out uh, because they they were not interested in finding an agreement between two independent countries. So so that's where but I think you could say what can we do? What can what can be done in the meantime? Yeah, but you mentioned you mentioned, uh, and, you mentioned leadership. And and I agree with you. Leadership matters a great deal in just about everywhere. Yeah. Um, but leadership, uh, more often than not, must reflect the will of the people. And that is, do you feel? Let Let us assume there is a new a new president in Serbia. Do you feel? Do you see any outcry by the Serbian people to say, "Let's end the conflict with Kosovo because it's not good for our national interest"? That there is no outcry of Serbian demanding, asking for any kind of reconciliation with, 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 with Kosovo. And so even if you change leadership, do you see any kind of uh, a consensus or a movement within Serbia demanding, let's end our conflict with our neighbor Kosovo? I, I don't sense any of this. So changing of leadership does not necessarily mean it's going, they, they change uh, toward uh, Kosovo will take place in terms of uh, moving toward recognition. So, so that, you know, that reminds me of that phrase from, uh, from uh, yes, Prime Minister, you know, the Prime, Prime Minister Hacker, Jim Hacker, who says, I'm a leader, I follow the will of the people. So, uh, so you know, um, yes, in a sense, of course, they have to respect the, in a democracy, that's what you have to do, you have to respect the will of the people. But at the same time, you can shape that will, you can lead people. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 so, and so it is at the moment, um, uh, the issue of Kosovo in Serbia is actually not, most people don't care. You know, most people there are tired of corruption, are tired of, of uh, organized the organized crime. They want to live a better life. Most of them have never been in Kosovo. They don't care. It is an issue that is being utilized by, you know, uh, the government. And, and so and so, you could say that theoretically you could build a model where you say a new leadership would actually just explain to people uh, all of this and including the fact that there has been progress in Kosovo. Because if you look at the nationalists in Belgrade, Mr. Mr. Vucic is, is the most prominent one of them, uh, you know, you would you would think that in Kosovo, um, it, it's still 1999. Uh, so they, they people in, in Serbia need to be informed about the progress that has taken place, about the advancement of, of Kosovo and, and the Serbian community in Kosovo, etc. Uh, so I do think actually a new leadership could 
make a big uh, a big it's challenge. It's not a question. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, I'm not saying, I'm yeah, not and, saying and, that the new leadership doesn't make any difference. Of course yeah. they do make a big but difference. But I think, but you are you are right. There is an underlying, an underlying problem. The problem is that still um, most people in, 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 in Serbia are, according to their public opinion, uh, you know, polls, they're not willing to make a, a compromise. Uh, for example, when the question is put, would you accept the independence of Kosovo if we were to obtain, uh, you know, membership in the EU? They, most of them would say no, etc. So, uh, but um, what worries me the most is that in the in Western Balkans, and so this is not just in Serbia, um, the process of uh, of a real dialogue between the populations, uh, between students, between youth, between intellectuals, between that is has been a very slow process. And but that's is, that is in my and, view. And, but but although there has been progress, even there, you know, NGOs they talk with each other. There is something led by uh, an organization called. RICO, Regional Youth Cooperation Organization, where they have all these programs in place. And it will take time to see the effects of, of their involvement and the impact of, of, of uh, their work. But uh, I, I can tell you, as someone you know, from the University of Pristina, it's, it's very difficult to cooperate, uh, um, even in, 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 in remote fields as mathematics. <laughs> that is exactly right, you know, you know because, uh, I, I mean, I advocate, you know, people to people. But it's part of the process of reconciliation. It's not just government to government. It's people to people. But that needs to be encouraged by the government, and you yes. don't have that kind of encouragement. This is students, all kind of activities between the people. It could be other than trade, you know, art, uh, sport activities, competition, all of this. That is to bring the people together. And that is not taking a place there. And there is no leader, actually, who is actually pushing for this because process normalization or dialogue between the, the leadership, if it is not reduced to the people themselves, it's not going to, to end up with the kind of result that we really want. And, and this is, I agree with you in that regard, that the leadership is not pushing, uh, pushing the, 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 that aspect of normalization process, people to people. They are not prepared to do that. As a matter of fact, Belgrade is doing the opposite. They want to, the, the Serbs, because of Serbs, to, to stay away from the, from the government. So that is where I see the problem, is that leadership does matter, but in the end, the people to people is not uh, the, the consideration between the two of these people. It's not taking place, yes. and that that is that is a big big problem. That, that's right, and I could also perhaps add one more point, uh, which has always um, uh, bothered me: the fact that the entire region, and you could you could go further than the Western Balkans, not just uh, the the Western Balkans six. Um, we uh, we have seen uh, we have um, imagined the process of EU integration as a process where literally you know people go to to Brussels and you know we we become we get this EU stamp of approval and that's it and the integration has ignored the regional dimension and what has happened um, now for a number of years which is good is that. Uh, there have been more cooperations 
that have strengthened the regional cooperation. And, uh, and these cooperations are both political, economic, cultural, you know, uh, educational, yeah. etc. Um, but, but much more should be done. But somehow it always uh, bothers me just as a citizen that um, we ignore uh, the many things we have in common with our neighbors and we just want to go to Brussels and say, well, you know, th- this is our final station. And, you know, we should we should be strengthening our, uh, our cooperation with with all our neighbors, including Greece, including, you know, Romania, including all these countries that are a bit further than the Western Balkans. Yeah. Let, let me let me just switch uh, you for a moment, because one because we're sort of getting uh, running a little out of time, but very important. Uh, uh, Turkey's role and Erdogan, uh, what Erdogan, how Erdogan is trying to promote his Islamic agenda and what he is doing in Kosovo, being Kosovo is obviously overwhelmingly Muslim state, and uh, <clears throat> and he's doing all kind of investment in Kosovo. He's basically pretty much wants to control. You know, Kosovo was part and parcel of the Ottoman Empire along many other of the other Balkan states. And, and he is doing everything he can to exert a great influence, and he is succeeding to, to some extent, if not to a great extent, in exerting that kind of influence in Kosovo. Um, and in order to promote his Islamic agenda, do you see it that way? And what do you think the Kurdish government ought to be doing about that? Um, so... Uh... Since, you know, I'm fresh out of the uh, diplomatic service, I'm always careful not to give public advice to my government, even, even though I no longer work for the, for the government. Maybe I'll do this in, in a, you know. Well, uh, without giving that advice. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm of course, I'm, I'm joking. I think, I think uh, one thing should, uh, may, before, uh, you know, before I continue, one thing should be clear, that um, Turkey is a country that has a regional role to play in its, you know, in its own region. And that's very natural. It's a big country. Um, so is Greece. Um, Bulgaria has its own role. It is in our interest, Kosovo, to build a healthy, uh, strong relationship with Greece, with Turkey, with Bulgaria. Um, now, at the same time, uh, it is clear to us that we want to join the EU. And uh, it is also clear to us that we have to build a strong, secular, multi-ethnic democracy that is free from uh, Islamism and free from any type of violent extremism. Um, and, And so any obstacle that is put in our way, in that sense, we have to make sure we deal with it swiftly. In terms of foreign influence and uh, and uh, um, corruption, uh, I I'm think talking specifically about Turkey's influence. Yes, yes. So in terms Turkey, of Erdogan has his own agenda and he's exerting that in Kosovo. And that to me, I don't see how the current government, the previous government, have really stood said no. You know, there are limits how much we were. Yes, you have to have good relationship with your neighbors. There's no question about yes. it. I'm always saying have a great relationship with your neighbor, but there are limits as to how much you would allow your neighbor to influence your your society, your, their religious orientation. But you are, you are right. 
Yeah, but Erdogan is moving in that direction. I, it seems to me there is no resistance to what he's trying to do in Kosovo. You know, I, I that's why I don't want to 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 somehow I want to give Kuti a bit more time because he is he's just uh, come to to power. But uh, the fact is that any entanglement of religion with politics and with foreign policy is a recipe for disaster in our region and most regions of the world. So we have to be very, very careful about that. Uh, And I think, you know, um, I I hope that the the current government is is careful about that. Um, The other thing that we need to be careful about is any type of economic, uh, financial project um, that is proposed or that has been taking place a government that uh, runs on an anti-corruption platform has the ability to uh, look and see if any deal that has been done in the past actually was based on on, on corruption, including deals with uh, with Turkey. So that's something that the, the current government could do easily. I think we need to be very careful if we want to have a so-called European perspective, we need to be sincere with ourselves that a European perspective is only built if you fight the elements that want to introduce religion into our political system. Yeah, but Everyone think, should respect the right of, of, you know, religion and practicing, but, it, you know, we are a secular country, so it's just... Yeah, I mean, I am in full agreement with you, but then you look at what Erdogan is doing, building more mosques and building schools in Kosovo, controlling major, major industries in Kosovo, and he's continued to be allowed to do that. I don't see any effort being made to say, yeah, we want good relationship with you, but we cannot, for example, mortgage the airport to, to, to Turkey or mortgage major, major or a new major new project like highway stuff like by, by you know to Turkey so I, I don't see that as happening and to me this is runs contrary contrary to Serbia's to Kosovo's long-term interest specifically in connection with the integration with the EU because because the last thing that Turkey wants to see happen is for Kosovo or Serbia or other Balkan states join the EU he is not Interested just as much as Russia is not interested in that, but he has this other, other, other stick, so to speak, and that is his religious credential. And he is trying to do everything he can to influence Albania, Kosovo, in particular, where there is a Muslim majority Balkan state. Um, and unfortunately, I don't see any specific movement or any position taken that we have to limit religious influence on, on uh, Kosovo. That is specifically uh, coming from the outside. Y- yes, yes, um, I- I- indeed. And that's, uh, you know, that's why I'm saying um, I don't want to prejudge what the government uh, uh, of Mr. Kuri is going to do. But one of uh, the parameters of his success in building a cohesive society within and uh, protecting our interests abroad is going to be especially this aspect of making sure that religion is not used for political reasons and that other countries, in particular Turkey, do not interfere 
via religion in Kosovo's uh, own affairs. So that's, you know, uh, but somehow I cannot say that Cordy is doing a good job or a bad job because I'm just giving him a, a bit of time. But I, I strongly, so I, I am on the same page with you that uh, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot be European and uh, allow uh, political Islam to flourish or for that matter, uh, extreme uh, Orthodox Christianity. Because in, in Kosovo, there are two dangers that are currently present that are related to people who manipulate with religion, not not religious people. You know, that's something that should be very clear. Religious people, they should have all their rights respected. But there are two. One comes from political Islam, and then that goes up to, you know, violent extremism uh, that comes from uh, Islamists. And the other, on the other side of the spectrum, you have the uh, radicalism that uh, comes from uh, uh, Orthodox Christianity that is linked to uh, Serbian nationalism. So we need to be careful about both. And uh, we, cannot, we, we cannot contain one and you know, close our eyes to the other. We have to make sure that uh, we address both. Yeah, my, my, I, I, I fully agree with you. My, my concern, you know, when I look at the situation there, I don't see um, yet, maybe Kurti will change his approach, but so far he's been sort of, um, he met with Erdogan, you know, they, they seem to, he doesn't seem to uh, concern himself as yet anyway. We hope that he can change his position and, and, uh, and assert the secular nature uh, of Kosovo as a prerequisite. Uh, for of course, I were to become very much integral integral part of Europe, uh, in particular. Final question I have for you: So, what's your plan for the future? Are you going to run for prime minister at one point? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, you saved the uh, the easiest one for <laughs> for the last part. I think that uh, I'm 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 really delighted to have had the opportunity to serve my my country in Paris. I uh, tried to uh, work hard. Um, it was not always easy. And you, when you're in government, you know, you, you have to work and you don't always have time to respond to uh, critics. I believe in Kosovo. Um, I lived here during the 90s at a, a system that Milosevic had imposed before the war that was like apartheid. Um, I lived through the war and then I was a war refugee. And I came back always hopeful for my country and my people. Um, and my desire is to definitely contribute to my country. And, but just not just my country, also the wider region. And, um, and is that going to be a political uh, involvement at some point? Perhaps. Uh, but, um, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, what we need is, I think, uh, uh, people who are going to promote values of, of peace and democracy and freedom, including freedom of expression and, uh, and dialogue, dialogue, especially with people who you don't agree with. So um, if I can be useful uh, to my people in, 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 a, in another capacity, I will uh, definitely consider. Um, but I think, but at the moment, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a member of any political party and, um, and, uh, I, I want it uh, to be that way for the time being. I, um, I try to serve my country, as I said. Uh, but, you know, the Kosovo has a new government um, as of February. 
and yes. uh, let let let's give the guy his chance, and uh, and then if necessary, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see. What I want to to say as a maybe final note is that um, um, you know I spent five years in in, in Chicago, and uh, I am European, but uh, very much inspired by uh, the American democracy and experience, and um, you know it is it is for now for now. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's an experiment, and there are ups and downs. Um, but that's that's precisely what uh, somehow the lesson for me and my and our people in Kosovo should be that nothing is for granted, and this is where we failed uh, somewhat after our uh, freedom and, and independence. We thought, okay, everything is settled now. You don't need to do anything. We need to wake up every day and contribute to our community, to our country, and to the, the people around the world. And, uh, and those values that founded our country are actually values that have founded the United States, you know, um, many, many years ago. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be a, a friend of, of, uh, of the United States. And I, uh, you know, I spent a ha- part of my honeymoon in, in the United States, the other <laughs> half in, in France. So <laughs> I have a very emotional relationship. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure it's for, 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 for good reason. I, I fully agree with you. Democracy cannot be taken for granted. It ought to be constantly nurtured uh, because it's a system that uh, inherently, that says as long as there is a principle, democracy is a freedom. Uh, everybody ought to be free to think free, to believe in anything they want to believe. That in and of itself create contradictory uh, evolutionary process that that continue to to pitch away from the, the democratic form of government, and so democracy had to be constantly nurtured, constantly protected in order to. And, and we see this what's happening recently in the United States, even here, that is, two hundred fifty years of tradition of democracy. We we are looking that something can go actually badly so wrong. And we ought to be extremely careful. Listen, you know, we can talk about, I wanted to ask you about Israel recognition. Oh, so many oh that's, you should have asked me because I think uh, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud that uh, in some of the discussions that I had in, in Paris, even in my, you know, previous official capacity, I, I, uh, I said, uh, and I can, I can repeat, I said, not only do I agree with, the, the, the decision of my government because, well, I represent the government. But I think it was, it was a, a, a very important decision that will allow us to build direct ties with Israel and that will allow us to advance this relationship that should be a unique relationship. Mm-hmm. We have many things to learn from Israel and I think we also have things to offer to Israel. And our embassy in Jerusalem, um, uh, I, I hope to visit it one day. And uh, and I think it was uh, it was very important uh, to uh, to to open this this chapter of cooperation with uh, with the state of Israel. I think uh, I think that's one of the highlights of uh, Kosovo's uh, uh, foreign policy achievements. Uh, in, in the past few years, uh, the recognition by Israel and the establishment of, of diplomatic relations. You know, so, a, a French diplomat once told me, he said, 
Kosovo is the second uh, example of a successful state built after the state of Israel. You know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, so it's. Um, and, and, and even, it's, even the parliament has 120 representatives, just like Israel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's, uh, so it's, it's, <laughs> well, I know. I think our our parliament is not as fractured as a Knesset, if I, because. Yeah, that's right. That's but, right. Uh, but um, you know, you have to believe in yourself. You have to have the willpower to endure to withstand, to build, to protect. And uh, that's something where Israel, um, you know, I think, should inspire um, people around the world. And so, you know, I I, uh, I, um, I hope to one day visit, as I said, uh, um, Israel soon. And I think it's, it's very important. And it's also geopolitically, it balances out many relationships that, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. that are in the region. Well, you know, I honestly, I can't thank you enough. I kept you for more than an hour and 15 minutes. It's, <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure. It was, it was wonderful having this conversation with you. All the, all the best to you. And thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.